there, you're listening to Poldark Fancast, a podcast that's on a break from being about Poldark, <laughs> but you know, we'll get back there. Uh, <laughs> we are its hosts. I'm Michelle, I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita, I live in England, I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And welcome back to another quarantine mini-sode, or as we were just discussing, probably not a mini-sode, <laughs> because of our subject matter this week. Uh, we're here every week during the lockdown with a new, not-so-mini-sized podcast to listen to. And this week, <laughs> we watched the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Before we get started, uh, let's start with a little Wikipedia corner and learn about the movie. Okay, so Pride and Prejudice is a 2005 romantic drama film directed by Joe Wright. King Joe Wright, if you ask me. Uh, Keira Knightley stars in the lead role of Elizabeth Bennet, while Matthew McFanion plays her romantic interest, Mr. Darcy. Its screenwriter is Deborah McGoggick. Oh, don't ask me. Who knows? It's a confusing name. Who is actually a novelist herself, and one of her books was later made into the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, which we love. We love. Yes. Uh, She initially attempted to make her script as faithful to the novel as possible, writing from Elizabeth's perspective while uh, preserving much of the original dialogue. Joe Wright, who was directing his first feature film ever, encouraged greater deviation from the text, including changing the dynamics within the Bennett family. Mm-hmm. Wright and McGoggock, oh my god, why? Why did I choose to write her name? <laughs> set the film in an earlier period and avoided depicting a perfectly clean Regency world. Yes! Presenting instead a muddy hem version of the time. It was shot entirely on location in England and on a 15-week schedule and was released on the 16th of September 2005 in the United Kingdom and Ireland and on 11th of November in the United States. The film is, obviously, based on Jane Austen's 1813 novel of the same name and follows five sisters from an English family of landed gentry as they deal with issues of marriage, morality and misconceptions. Pride and Prejudice is arguably... Jane Austen's most popular novel and one of the most popular novels in English literature itself, with over 20 million copies sold. And it's inspired many dramatic adaptations, reprints, unofficial sequels, films, and TV versions. And I think I'm responsible for basically propping up this industry. (laughs) (laughs) The 2005 adaptation is the most recent adaptation of the original novel, and it was a big commercial success, earning a worldwide gross of approximately $121 million, which is insane for a period movie. It also earned a rating of 82% from review aggregator Metacritic, labelling it universally acclaimed. Uh, It also earned four Oscar nominations, including a Best Actress nomination for Knightley. Wow. So how familiar are you with Pride and Prejudice before you saw this movie, and which other adaptations had you seen? Um, This was... um, I had never read the book. Before seeing the movie, I know. 
very, very, very late bloomer to the Austin canon. Um, but uh, as soon as I saw this movie, I just had to dive in. Um, and I think, um, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit in a, in a, in a while, but I think one of the things that, that I was a bit confused about in the movie was the pacing. Uh, you know how I am with, you know, time and how time oh, yeah. moves in, in, you know, these things. And I was, it seemed like everything was happening so fast. And so reading the book allowed me to understand that, that the movement of time was, there had been a pretty significant amount of time that happened between when we first meet Elizabeth and when she and Darcy um, become engaged. Um, because we don't, get a, we don't get a wedding in the book, if I remember correctly. No. Um, we get dignified gushing, though, uh, <laughs> uh, over their, their joint happiness. Um, but, uh, oh, wait, did you watch the American version with the alternative? I version? did. Oh, I did. okay. I did. I, did. So. I watched the English version. <laughs> yes, I have a friend of mine who is absolutely appalled about the American ending. And I'm just like, what is your damage, girl? Come on. How can you not absolutely love the Mrs. Darcy? Mrs. Darcy. Mrs. Darcy. I'm not sure that it's like entirely necessary. I really like the ending, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yes, yes. Necessary? No. But positively delightful? Oh, absolutely. So, um, after uh, I'd read the book and done a little more digging, you know, I realized, oh, well, yeah, I've seen Clueless. Derp. Um, didn't know that it was an adaptation from Austin. Um, but then I watched it again. It was like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> of um, yes. And, um, you know, then of course just went down the rabbit hole of books and adaptations after that. So I, I think it really, uh, reignited my love for, uh, British period dramas. Uh, it, it single-handedly, you know, got me back into that stride. I think Pride and Prejudice was the second Austen novel I read. Um, mm -hmm. I think at the time, me and my friends would decided we were going to read Austen when I was about 11 or 12. And one of my friends picked Pride and Prejudice, so I started off with Sense and Sensibility. So I think I went in, like, order. Um, uh-huh. So I don't think, as a tween, I liked Elizabeth that much at first. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, twel as a 12-year-old reader found her to be very judgy of Darcy, which, to me, at the time, made her profoundly uncool. But anyway, <laughs> I love her. I love the novel. Um, I've obviously since reread it a whole bunch of times. Um, I think about, like, six months after I read it, which I guess would have been, like, 2002-ish, um, I borrowed the VHS of the 1995 version. Ah, uh-huh. Um, I think that just shows you how old I actually am now, VHS. <laughs> uh, and I sat down to watch it, thinking like, oh, this is really good. Like, I love this book. It'll be fun. I was very disappointed. Uh, <laughs> a few years later after that, when I was about 15, um, this movie came out. And if I remember correctly, I think... 
I think I was actually at the cinema to watch it the day it came out. I was very, very pumped for this movie. <laughs> then I actually saw it and I was a huge, huge fan. Um, I mean, yeah. as for other adaptations, I guess I've seen <laughs> Bride and Prejudice, which counts. Um, yes. The Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Have you seen those? Oh, absolutely. I, I have the... I, I watched them when they were on uh, YouTube. And I also have copies of the DVDs of the entire series. Um, I went to a... Um, convention uh leaky con uh down in portland and the entire uh cast was there <gasps> and uh got all of their autographs um also wound up staying in the same hotel where um the actresses who played uh lizzie and um oh my god um who else uh played lizzie jane um uh lydia uh, as well as the gentleman that played um, Darcy. Uh, they were all staying at the same hotel, and so every now and then we would ride back and forth to the convention on the um, light rail system. Um, it was, uh, I oh God, I loved, loved, loved the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Um, what other, okay, Death Comes to Pemberley kind of counts, right? The book yes. and the show. Yeah, it does. Weird example. Does. I didn't actually like the book, but I loved that adaptation. Great TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Again, an example of just. <laughs> is that an adaptation? <laughs> Whatever. I still watched it. I, does Lost in Austin count? Because it has all the same characters. Which one? Lost in Austin. Yeah, I think so. I think it counts. I really like Gemma Arterton as Lizzie. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Um, so I guess like the, the I haven't seen any of like the older films. Um, here the the kind the of the one with Laurence Olivier. Yeah, they're I think not very similar to the novel apparently. So <sighs> yeah, kind of seen them yeah. all. I've yeah. seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've um, seen the '95 um, version, and because I had to see what all the fuss was about. And um, and of course, uh, Bridget jo- Bridget Jones oh, yeah, Diary. Um, you know, of course, I've seen that. I've seen it and all of its sequels. Um, Even the one with the baby. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> it was cute. Um, but um, yeah, I think I've seen. I think I've seen all of the same ones that you mentioned, with the exception of. The zombies one. I haven't seen that one. That one's worth watching. It's got like a really great cast and it's just, and it's a cool concept, but it's a bad movie. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Oh. It's like, this should be cooler. Yes. I've also read a couple of uh, novels that were written based on, um, well, were written kind of actually like published fan fiction yeah me too yeah yeah so i've read some of those there is one in particular um and i was gonna i meant to look up the name of it before we got started but it tells the story um of the events from darcy's perspective oh i think i've read that yeah 
yeah, over a course of three books, and it's very well done. There's also uh, a couple of really fantastic fanfics that uh, one of them does something very similar, and it's it's based on the uh, 2005 movie. So we're seeing that version through Darcy's eyes in this fanfic, and it's terrific. I've re I've read like a few like actual published novels that are like what if fanfic versions like yes yeah, so it would be yes. like what if darcy didn't didn't give her the letter at rosings uh -huh. and like there's a few of those that that author did and i've yeah. like i've read them all like yes this is all great <laughs> i'll have any version of this story it's quite sad <laughs> oh i mean it's just it is an absolute treasure um it is just a treasure and uh so Hi, Dorit. Uh, we don't even have to do the whole stars thing at the end because, uh, or the the ranking from um, one to ten because you know it's uh, fifteen or so, something like that. So we've basically covered what did you think overall? Because I think yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's it's it is just wonderful, and I know that you know that there are folks that think that the nineteen ninety five is the quintessential version of this film and I can acknowledge the um, the benefits of that that film um, I thought um, the actress that played uh, Elizabeth um, I I found her to be delightful um, you know and I know that Colin first gets a whole lot of you know swooniness um, around it and I found him to be I found him to be just stiff. I know that sounds horrible, um, no. but I, but I mean, he just seemed so stiff, and um, you know, in comparison to the twenty uh, two thousand five um, with you almost said twenty fifteen because of Paul. Dutch. I almost said twenty fifteen, yeah, um, uh. but the two thousand five with McFadden, um, you know, he just. I immediately came, he immediately came to me as being uh, just shy and uncomfortable and, you know, just really out of his depths when he is around Elizabeth. And uh, I think you see it the instant that he sees her <laughs> in that dance. You know, when his eyes, he casts his eyes to the side and he immediately sees her and you, you, you know that he has been kind of hit between the eyes by Elizabeth's uh, beauty and doesn't really know how to go about dealing with, dealing with that. Um, but uh, uh, he... He is and always will be my Darcy. I mean, agree, because, I mean, I yeah. don't want to spend the whole time talking about 1995, but he seems like like robot Darcy that doesn't yes. have any actual humanity or feelings behind his stone exterior. And, like, especially in a movie, you have to kind of make him uh, approachable and like a romantic lead sort of almost instantly because you only have like what two hours to make everybody yeah. fall in love with him you can't start off with having him just be like robot darcy for like 
what an hour and a half. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. you just hate yeah. him for the majority of it if he if he played it like Colin Firth. So. Uh, yeah, and I know, I know that that we gon we gonna get a whole bunch of people coming at us to fight us, and you know. I just like I to just say, say, I just don't, say don't do don't it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your don't time. You're it. not going to change our minds, and also nope. we are correct and you are wrong. So <laughs> sit in your wrongness and learn from us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I I enjoy Colin Firth. I've enjoyed perform his performances in other um, like movies and tv shows and things like that you know oh, yeah. i've, I I've actually, enjoyed it I absolutely think bridget Nothing. jones is actually a closer to who yeah. what mr darcy is than in pride and prejudice like that's crazy to me i'm like he's much more human exactly i i thought he was absolutely adorable in um the bridget jones films but uh yeah anyway so yeah don't bother fighting us it, it's just not gonna it's not gonna end well but um, as far as other favorite characters, oh, everybody. I don't think I can pick an unfavorite character. Um, you know, this movie is absolutely chock a block with some of the best British actors and you know um, uh, British adjacent actors. I'm, I'm, I'm Canadian count. You. I'm, I'm looking at you, Mr. Sutherland, um, <laughs> and honorary um, British actors. Um, you know, Jenna Malone did a fantastic job with Lydia. She, oh, she's she so annoying. Want, she just want. She just made me want to shake her until her teeth rattled. Um, <laughs> um, you know, Rupert Friend, of course, who initially. <laughs> Um, I was thinking, hey, isn't he the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean? But uh, how dare no. you! <laughs> He's a much better actor. <laughs> I was schooled. I was schooled. Um, Rosamund Pike. Is there or has there ever been? And 1995 people, I don't want to hear it. Um, a, <laughs> a more incandescent Jane Bennett. No, oh. no, she's perfection. She's absolute perfection. Absolute perfection. Um, and uh, heads up for those of you that like audiobooks, there is an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice available in, um, in Audible that is uh, performed by Rosamund Pike. I just downloaded it. I am looking so forward to listening to that today as soon as I get my work done for the day. The whole group of sisters is just iconic. Mm -hmm. You've got Carrie fucking Mulligan before she was Carrie Mulligan. I know, right? I know. Even Tallulah Riley, who went on Mm -hmm. to become quite famous, it's like, wow. And he picked Mm -hmm. out these people seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. They were so young. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Simon Woods, uh, who played uh, Charles Bingley, was absolutely delightful. Oh. I mean, talk about talk about. Uh, I don't think you could get a a, a more feather brained <laughs> version of Charles Bailey, who's absolutely he's like a he's like a cocker spaniel puppy, you know. <laughs> oh, he's just so adorable. You're welcome anytime you're feeling poor poorly. It's like it's it's not a pleasant. That she's ill. It's it's a pleasure that she's yes. she's here, being yes. ill. 
<laughs> oh, Bing Ling. That's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. You just go, oh my God, you are so adorable. He really, mm. he, his and Jane's proposal is one of the many moments where I cried yesterday oh. while watching. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when she accepts him, she's like, yes, yes, a thousand times, yes. And oh if you God. listen to the DVD commentary and you find out they used to date, I'm like, ah, that is a terrible scene to make people perform. Oh, my God. Oh, that must have been horrible for them, but it really waxes oh. a scene. It's beautiful. Oh, yes. Yes. And um, Tom Hollander. Oh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Thank you, God, for Tom Hollander. He's, he is one of my absolutely favorite uh, British character actors. And he is so delightful in this. He's not smarmy like the the one from uh, the 95 version, who is another one of my favorite uh, character actors. Um, but he just gave me the creeps. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Hollander, his... His uh, portrayal was absolutely wonderful. I think that's important, though, because in the 1995 version, you were kind of like, oh, my God, poor Charlotte for marrying him. In this yes, version, you kind exactly. of see, like, Mr. Collins is, like, awkward and stilted, and he talks to people about mm-hmm. boiled potatoes. But he's not a terrible <laughs> person to marry for Charlotte. No. And you can see them no. being so happy together. She's, like, smiling <laughs> up at his ridiculous sermons. I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, Claudia Blakely is oh. the uh, actress that plays Charlotte Lucas, and she is, she is absolutely wonderful. Then, of course, we have... The incomparable Judy Dench oh. as Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Oh. oh my god! Every time she shows up, I'm like shocked that it's her. I'm always like, yeah, Judy Dench. Yes, yes. And when she shows up at Netherfield in the middle of the night, um, oh my god! Yeah, all y'all need to just be trembling in your boots right now, except for you, Lizzie. You kick some ass. I was um. <laughs> really impressed by Kira's performance going up yeah. against Judy Dench like that when she so she was like nineteen when she filmed this, and yeah, she really holds her own in that scene. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, she did. She really did. I love you, Kira. Uh, Brenda Blethyn, who played oh, Mrs. Bennett, the oh, best so Mrs. Bennett. Fight me. She is the best version of Mrs. <laughs> yes. Bennett to ever exist. Yes. She is. Um, even though you cringe when you hear her babbling on and on about you know this engagement that hasn't happened yet um you know you're just like oh god just woman please please stop because you're making things so much worse um in the 95 version um i was just kind of appalled at (laughs) yeah i mean the actress did a great job but um Brenda Blethyn's performance, you understood her plight. Um, You understood her plight, especially, and I think a lot of it had to do with the decisions that they made to set this in a more realistic um, um, atmosphere 
you know, where things were not as neat and tidy as, you know, they And they're not as rich, most importantly. You can really feel, like, how precarious their situation is when you've got something realistic, unlike this, like, the heightened fantasy of the 95 version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, cast, absolute genius. Absolute genius. And um, Knightley has gone on to be in, like, several of uh, Joe Wright's films since then. You know, obviously... um, Oh, crap. Atonement? You know. Yes, Atonement, and Uh, then she also did... Anna Karenina, which was not very, not as good. It wasn't as good. But Atonement is pretty much as near perfection as you can get. As far yeah, as far. Atonement is an absolutely brilliant film. Depressing as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also but, another movie uh, where brilliant. I thought he really enhanced the material of the book. Like, I couldn't, when I read the book, I just couldn't imagine it being as emotional as the movie was i think the movie added a, i think he's very good at adding like humanity and depth to yes. sometimes quite analytical yes. novels yes yes um let's see who else is in this damn Save movie your... everyone ever yeah pretty much ooh, ooh. i um, want to mention tamsin merchant who is probably the only georgiana darcy yes. you'll ever see who's actually age appropriate oh my god people <laughs> they made her look 16 yeah yeah you love to and see it that was that was wonderful just cast people who are the correct ages even kira kira was actually 20 like come on these are like the correct ages <laughs> uh-huh. how old was uh, mcfadden when this I mean, we're going to have to do some maths to work this out. Let me click on it. Yeah. When were you born, Matthew? He was born in 74. So he was 30. Oh, wow. That's that's, uh, that's perfect as well. 29, 30. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's the (gasps) correct age. We we have zero problems. Well done, you. There's a there's a, there's a quote from uh, director Joe Wright commenting on the ages of the actors. Uh, I wanted to make something that's more about young people, about young people experiencing these emotions for the first time and not understanding the feelings they're having. If you have a 40-year-old man as your star not understanding the feelings he's having, then it becomes a bit unbelievable and suspect, rather like 40-year-old virgin or something instead of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Joe Wright, they want to put up a statue <laughs> of you because you are correct about every decision you make. Um, yeah. Favorite moments. I really like the the ball at the assembly rooms. It mm-hmm. actually looks like fun. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy, I know, and like really yeah. crowded and sweaty and like full of young people meeting up and having a laugh. <laughs> Meanwhile, every other ball you ever see in a period drama looks really stilted and uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And you get, it gives you the opportunity to see the the vast difference between um, the assembly and the ball at Netherfield. You know, where, you know, everybody's dressed to the nines. You know, they've got, you know, big pots of fire out front um you know every everybody's you know the women are all wearing white um it's just it's just glorious it's glorious um i loved um elizabeth 
and um, Carolyn, or Car Carolyn, Caroline, um, in Netherfield, when, you know, it's like, dude, take a turn with me around. Oh my God, turn about the that, room, that, iconic. Yeah, that, that whole sequence when, you know, they're talking about uh, accomplishments and, you know, Darcy is prattling on and on and on about, you know, only knowing six women who are, who are, you know, truly accomplished. And uh, when he mentions, you know, that she would need to improve her, her mind by reading and Elizabeth immediately slams the book shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you, and then you hear him talk about, you know, the reasons why he's not going to join them as they go on, on a turnabout. The oh, room. God, it's bad flirting. Um, oh, it's so cringe. Oh, I know. Oh. I know. Um, it, I, I absolutely love that scene. I love that scene. And the subtleties that you gain when the women are going back to their respective seats and the shot is on uh, Darcy as he's writing. And he, it looks like he has completely returned his attention to writing. But as Elizabeth is crossing behind him, you see his eyes flicker towards where she is through the entire the entire time and the path that she takes so it's, you know it's like you you know that he is constantly aware of where she is and it i just i just i love it it's a bit like spine tingly you feel like he's yes. watching you you get sort of like oh yes 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 oh i just i just love that scene um, the other scene, of course, the first proposal. Oh. In the brain. <laughs> okay. uh, oh my god! Oh my god! That is just brilliant and so hot, hot. so intense hot. and hot. Yes, <laughs> you see how much he wants to just kiss her. Yeah, I think like <laughs> there's a thing about both Lizzie and Darcy. They really love a good fight. They will yes. argue. Um, <laughs> as a form of foreplay and i am here for it it's my favorite thing mm -hmm. in, like any trope is just like romantic <laughs> bickering <sighs> <laughs> but oh god that yeah that first proposal and there's actually a clip uh that you can find it may still be online but i actually have it um in my audible of matthew mcfadian reading the first proposal scene uh, from the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've listened to it a few times. Just a few. <laughs> um, I, um, I want to mention the music as well, because I think the music oh, is God. so fundamentally important to all of these scenes, yes. because I, I noticed yes. that um, in one of the scenes, Georgiana is playing the same music that Mary and Lizzie uh -huh. play, and I was like, what? <laughs> yes they're yes. all connected and you know what and you know what immediately you know went through my mind when i heard that was um that you know darcy had heard elizabeth playing that piece at um his aunt's house and immediately purchased a copy to give to his sister but like you could yeah. do better than her <laughs> Well, and it, not even, not even, you know, you can do better, but that, 
you know, here is uh, here is something that reminds him of Elizabeth, and you know, to be able to hear his sister play it and have you know private thoughts about you know. There's Elizabeth a fanfic in that somewhere. Oh and, god. Uh, uh, yeah, you think? Yeah. I also really like that when he comes up to hear her, like the for the first time she sort of plays the wrong note. It goes like, <laughs> like she yes. like as much as she protests. Oh no, I don't find him handsome. I don't like him at all. Like she's <laughs> so <laughs> aware of him, yep. physically at least. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh god love it love it um let's see the the music uh yeah last week as you all know you know things have things have kind of turned to shit <laughs> <laughs> um in uh the states although specifically in your house though because of the toilet <laughs> and, oh yeah really literally in my house um had a overflowed toilet that ran for a couple hours and and now we have um folks in here tearing out flooring and uh cutting up carpet and it is an absolute nightmare here (laughs) um in addition to everything else that's going on we now have this craziness and two cats that have gone completely neurotic over it everything smells like toilet absolutely i mean come on (laughs) <laughs> well it's not that bad thank god but hey, um cats have you know, superior wet carpet is wet sound. carpet man. like you never know exactly exactly but uh yeah so it's it has not been a very joyful time here um and i really needed to do something that was going to give me comfort and when the minute the minute the the movie started you know with the those first few little tinkling notes on the, the piano birds and, just um, the, oh, and the birds sun. and the light coming you know slowly coming up um i felt like i was in the deepest warmest embrace of someone who loved me um and it was such it was such a comfort to spend that you know, couple hours um, deeply immersed in the the movie, and I I am so grateful that we decided to go with this one this week because I really really needed it, <laughs> really needed this it. Movie is strange because it makes you feel so happy but then also like mm-hmm. so happy that it, it makes you cry because <laughs> i uh yes. i, I yes. Re- like especially the ending scene where oh my god darcy walking through the mist is harder than darcy getting out of the oh, water oh, oh, okay oh, oh, it's harder. oh god oh god that scene just it just it slays me every it's single like time. such a long mm-hmm. shot but you're just Mm-hmm. Also in the cinema, you're in the cinema, it's so intensely like gigantic, and you're just like mm-hmm. ah, the music swelling. Mm-hmm. You're right in the moment. You're like, "Come save me, Darcy!" <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, just you know, the when they finally come oh, together, and the, the sunbeam you know, through their head. You know, I could. Ah! Mm-hmm. I've I've read um, uh article where. Uh, Joe Wright and I think um, Matthew 
McFadden are speaking about that scene. And, you know, they only, they had minutes in order to get this shot because of the, well, the, the sunrise, yeah. dawn, dawn coming. And, um, you know, uh, Matthew apparently wears glasses and he didn't have his glasses and on. It's misty. And so, oh my. Yeah, it's misty. And so for him to walk with purpose in the direction he and doesn't know into where the, the shot, <laughs> they're having to wave a flag. Oh. <laughs> they're having to wave a flag behind the camera so that he can kind of focus on the mo- the movement so he can make it uh, across the field. And uh, God. Thank God he didn't wind up stepping into a, a a hole or tripping over a rock or something like that. I wonder how many cow pats he's. Oh, made. I know, right? Those poor boots. Those poor <laughs> boots. But uh, yeah, that scene is one of the the most epic, um, swoonable scenes. And again, in film it, history, it I relies think. a lot on the music to make you like. It should oh. just be a very awkward scene of one man walking towards you, but the music, mm-hmm. like, it manages to capture, like, oh. all of those feelings you hear, like, butterflies as, like, yes. somebody you like is coming towards you. It's just magnificent. Yes. Uh, oh, God. Yes. Oh, I'm getting swoony oh, just thinking just about so... it. <laughs> oh, it's just so wonderful. It's so and wonderful. And I, I really love um. how this movie ends as well, because you go straight from, like, this scene together and then into them into like mm-hmm. the Bennett house again like how it started and you get like glimpses through the window of them all gossiping and it's so cute <laughs> I thought she didn't like him <laughs> I like how they're like well we were wrong about that wouldn't be it won't be the last yep. time oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that um and oh. I really love uh, Donald Sutherland's um performance oh, oh my god Oh, his performance of Mr. Bennett is absolutely Oh, I sobbed uncontrollably last night when he's like, when he starts to tear up and he's so happy for her. I'm like, oh my God. Yes, I could could not have parted with you, Lizzie, for any less. Perfect. (laughs) And then like the door closes and the movie's over unless you're in America. (laughs) Unless you're in America. And then you get the little... The, the little fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that, that like they should do that, but like after the credits, it's because <laughs> I kind of just like like having that be the emotional end to the story personally. But you know, that's the British in me, apparently. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I need the sap. Give me the sap. I need the sap. Um, okay, okay, we've gushed uh, enough. Was there anything you don't like about it? <laughs> pig balls. <laughs> I always laugh when they're, they're on screen. I do too. I do too. I'm just being. I'm being facetious. Um, um. I'm gonna say, like in a very typical Pollock fan cast <laughs> way, Kira Knightley's wig is bad. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Not as, bad, really as, bad as some of the Podark wigs, but it's still like noticeably bad. Weirdly, though, I didn't really notice it in 2005. So again, I think wig technology has evolved. Yes, I agree. I agree because it's 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 clearly a wig, <laughs> you know. 
and you know you get her you get her natural yeah, poking hair, out you know coming out and fluttering around and poking, poking out, out underneath the, the ponytail who's, yeah who's, who's hair does that yeah but you know if they're gonna go with kira knightley and you know she's just coming off bend it with beckham you know she's got that short little floppy hair <laughs> they're gonna have to do something to to make it work because but that's, that's pretty it. much that's it. All, like that's all the criticism i've got for you people <laughs> yep that's <sighs> pretty much it okay so you're gonna give a 10 out of 10 uh uh actually let's make it like 12 or 15 well i'm gonna give yeah. it 10 i think this is probably just like the happiest movie <laughs> in the way that makes me sad uh, uh yeah and also, like, it's really, it's it's like a movie that is a book adaptation that works whether you've read the book or you haven't read the book. It's basically the ideal people. This mm-hmm. is what we all aim to achieve. Goodness, we've got a uh, email. Yay. Yay! And we did get we did get a lot of support from you out there in the uh, social medias uh, when we posted the announcement we were going to do this one. That you know, many of you thought this was the best. Uh, There's still folks out there who think the '95 one is the best, and you know, we're all entitled to our opinions. Um, yeah, even wrong ones. Uh, and oh, stop it, Rita. <laughs> I um, can't help trolling you know, them. <laughs> <laughs> just behave. Um, but uh, uh, anyhow, uh, thank you all very much for reaching out to us uh, this week on. Um, social media. Um, I hope that you all had a chance to uh, have a rewatch and enjoy it as much as uh, we did. But we did get an email, so Rita, want to take it away? So it says, Hi ladies, I've finally got round to listening to your podcast about the 1970s series and I'm loving them. Sorry it's taken me so long. Yay! Don't worry. They're always there. Everybody go back and listen if you want. Uh, I have an interesting fact for you. At Morwenna's wedding in the last episodes, if you can remember that far back, <laughs> you wondered who the old guy kissing her was. It was Winston Graham playing an extra in the oh final episode. <laughs> Thanks again for the podcast. Uh, more lockdown listening is ahead of me. So that's Gil from London. Oh. Well, thanks, Gil. Or Jill. Oh I don't really gosh. know how you pronounce your name, but we love you. Is it you. Jill? Jill? I don't. Maybe it's short for Jillian, but Jill, Jill, we'll go with that. It's tough to say. (laughs) Please be kind to us. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, gosh. But that's crazy that he was in there and we were just like, who's this old man? I know, know, right? That sounds like us. Mr. Graham. We didn't know what was going on in that. You old rascal. Oh gosh, and uh, that is all from us for this week's mini-sode, or maxi-sode, or actually we managed to get through this without going too it's long. N- it's under an hour, yeah. so we're doing better than I thought we would. I'm kind of proud of ourselves. Yes, yes. Um, so we'll be back next week uh, where we will be continuing our Austin season, uh, and this is with Rita's favorite, uh, Northanger Abbey, the 2007 adaptation. Um, so uh, if you have any other suggestions about what we should be watching after that, or just would like to have a chat, uh, please get in contact. Uh, you can message us on our blog, uh, email us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com, or find us on your social medias at poldarkfancast. 
And as ever, please do us a favor, a solid, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, stay safe. Uh, stay at home if you can. Um, keep everyone in your thoughts as we try to navigate this uh, This. Uh, I don't even have a, a good word for it. Um, 2020 is just this, wild. <laughs> yeah, this uh, 2020 who has uh, had too much to drink and needs to go home and, <laughs> um, and uh, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.